It is good to be in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me this morning to 2 Peter. 2 Peter in the New Testament and the first chapter will find our text for today. I want to say while you're finding uh, your place in the Word of God, I don't know about you, but sometimes it is helpful, sometimes even necessary, when you're facing a decision and trying to decide what's right and what's wrong. Sometimes I do a list of pros and cons. Amen? I I just try to make a list of of the advantages, the good points, the favors of, of making a decision a certain way versus the cons. Amen? The negatives, if you will. And I like it when the pros outweighs the cons, amen? Because a lot of times, Billy, in life, most of the time our decisions will have a little bit of both. There'll be pros and cons to those decisions, amen? And we have to be willing to live with those. Are you with me? I'm delighted as a church. I'm thankful for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. As I've said, I'm indebted to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's inside the house of God that I have grown as a Christian. Long before the Lord called me to preach, I spent time in Sunday school. I spent time in vacation Bible school. I spent time in the house of the Lord on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. I was present when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. And I sat under some great preaching that was necessary for me to grow as a child of God. As they stood and proclaimed the word, the eternal word of God. And I would be sitting there in my pew with my family, and I'd be searching those scriptures. Amen? I would be looking and I would be reading as the preacher would preach. Amen? By the way, that's a good pro. Amen? I know we have it on screen now, but you still need to know your Bible. Amen? You need to know where things are in the Bible. I'm thankful today that the church has expanded. I'm thankful today for online service and the ability, listen, to preach the word, not only to those of you that are here in attendance, to those who join us by social media or by FM transmitter that provides a necessary means for some folks who are unable to come. It's a pro, amen, that they continue to be able to be a part of our church service. It's always a pro to preach and to share the Word of God. Amen? I'll always take that above any other con to be able to preach the Word of God. I come every time I come to preach, Josh. I come because I'm called to preach. I'm thankful for the calling of God on my life. But I love helping people. Amen? And the only way I know to help people is the same way preachers help me. 
And that is to preach this book without apology. Amen. To preach what thus saith the Lord. Amen. And I'll do that to all that the Lord gives me. Amen. So I'm thankful for that. Give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. We welcome those who are joining us by social media and by FM transmitter this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we share the Word of God together in 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, standing with me all over the house of the Lord as we reverence God's Word together, beginning in verse 5. The Bible says, And beside this, given all diligence, add to. Put that in your memory. If you underline things in the Bible or highlight things in the Bible, those two words are significant. The child of God, saved by the grace of God, washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, should always be adding to. Amen? should always be adding to. We're never sitting still. We're certainly not designed to move backwards. We should always be adding to. There should be, Alan, additions, amen, additions to the tabernacle, additions to the temple of the living God because that's what we are. Amen? The apostle says... Given all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Add to virtue knowledge. And to knowledge temperance. And to temperance patience. And to patience godliness. And to godliness brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness charity or love. Those are the list. Those are the building blocks for every child of God. Every child of God. Those are the additions that should be always added to our life. And the quality of our life. And the apostle explains why. He says in verse 8, For if these things be in you, and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. I don't want to be barren or unfruitful, do you? Amen. What good is a barren garden? What good is an unfruitful garden? Amen. Anybody want to waste your time with an unfruitful garden? Huh? I'm making a metaphor. Amen. You are the child of the living God. In a sense, you are his garden. Amen? And the last thing that he wants is for you to be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never, what? I like that, don't you? Huh? 
you shall never, amen, I like never, don't you? The Bible says you shall never fall, for so an inheritance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May the Lord add a rich blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. As we look to the scriptures this morning, we consider these things that are given to us by that of the Apostle Peter. There are great truths that are recorded here, and as I was reading, sometimes I just can't help but to stop and to highlight just a few things and to emphasize a few things in which the Apostle is talking about because it's important as we read the Scriptures that we understand, that we take in that which the Word of God is saying and revealing unto us. Many things the Apostle says here that are of great importance. I like watching Pawn Stars. I don't know if any of you like watching Pawn Stars or not, but I like watching it. I think, Marty, some of you have been out there and actually went to the shop and, and seen it before firsthand. But I like watching it, and I like watching it because I find it interesting, many of the items that are brought into the pawn shop, because I like to watch and to see their value. I like to watch as they talk about them and discuss how they fit into history and so forth. And, you know, sometimes when they bring an item in, the most important thing for both buyer and seller is to know that it is authentic, amen, to know that it is real, to know that it's genuine, amen. And sometimes they're not able to figure that out on their own, and so they call in what? The expert, amen? They call in the expert to come in and to examine the item, and once the expert authenticates that it's real, then they begin to talk about value and money, amen? It's interesting to me, some folk brought the stuff in, they didn't, know, they didn't have a clue what they had, amen, until the expert. You know, they come in wanting a couple hundred dollars, and the thing ended up being worth several thousand, amen? It's interesting. It's interesting. I think about that and I think about the church and I think about these scriptures that the apostle is sharing. And I want to take just a moment. Again, we're here to help. The apostles were there to help and being inspired by that of the Holy Ghost, they simply wrote for us the, the Holy Scriptures, the Word of God, that we might know and that we might understand things that are most important. Things that are most important. And the apostle says something in verse 10 that should grab the attention of everyone that reads it. Amen? The apostle says in verse 10, if I might read it into your hearing again, says, Wherefore the rather brethren give diligence. Give diligence. That means to take great care. Look this way. If you don't hear anything else, you tune me out after this if you choose, but I want you to hear this one. 
the apostle, inspired by the Holy Ghost, writes to the church. Now, this is to the church. He says, brethren, right? Amen, you with me? He says, give diligence, take great care. There is something that the scriptures say that is your responsibility, yours. And the Holy Scriptures say, listen, give diligence to make your calling, your calling, and your election sure. Amen. It's the responsibility of all that live and breathe, of all that God has created as human beings. It is the personal responsibility that we ourselves, the Apostle Paul put it this way when he said, judge yourselves whether you be in the faith or not. It's not my place to judge you. It's not your place to judge me. But it is our place to judge ourselves and to give special care and attention to make sure that which we claim, that which we profess, is sure. Are you with me? Now that's a lot, isn't it? That's a lot in which to take in, amen? And the apostle says uh, that it's every single one of our responsibilities to do so. Now I want to throw in something. That says a whole lot for the no-so salvation, doesn't it? For many, many years it's been debated between no-so and hope-so salvation. Right? Why would the apostle, inspired by the Holy Ghost, encourage, in fact, demand that my responsibility is to give great care to know that my calling and election is sure if I'm going to hope to begin with. Amen? If all that we have as Christians is to hope in the end that somehow we're saved and sure, amen, then what's the point of giving special care to making sure our election and our calling? Amen? Why would the apostle even say so? Why would the apostle even instruct us if we really can't know? Well, the Bible's clear on the subject. The Bible is very clear on the subject. And I want you to understand, I want to take something away for just a moment. Listen, it is not my intention this morning, it's not my intention, listen, to hurt anybody, I'm just simply here that we might help. But I want to take away for just a moment your one-time experience. Because a lot of times when you ask people, tell me how you know that you're saved. More times than not, they're going to point to a particular moment or a particular time in their life. Well, preacher, I know that I'm saved because I was there in church. I was there during revival. The preacher preached. I, I felt convicted. I walked the aisle. I went down to an old-fashioned altar. I knelt down and prayed. The preacher even prayed with me. A few weeks later, we were baptized, and I was soaking wet. 
Therefore, I know I'm saved. If that's all you got, if that's all you got, I pray you pay attention to the rest of the sermon. Salvation is more than just a one-time experience. The salvation of God is more than just a one-time moment. And then everything is sealed and done. And the Bible makes that perfectly clear. The Bible makes that perfectly clear. Throughout the New Testament leaves no doubt whatsoever. Amen? And so as we begin to see the Scriptures unfold, amen, and we begin to see what the Word of God says, listen, it is very helpful to us. The one thing your Father, the one thing your Heavenly Father, the one thing your Creator, the one thing that the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ wants you to be sure of is your calling and your election. And so they made every effort necessary to inspire those apostles as they wrote and recorded to the church the true evidence of our calling and our election. Amen. I want to begin this morning very quickly, and I've, I've got to try to stay on, on focus here because I want to make sure that we get this done. It's not a sermon that I want to leave undone, but I, I want you to notice with me just by the writing of the Apostle Peter that salvation, listen, salvation is a life experience. It is a life experience. Are you with me? The evidence of our calling and the evidence of our election is of a life experience. As we've already read in the Word of God, and the apostle makes it perfectly clear. You want the description of a Christian? The apostle gives it to us in verses 5, 6, and 7. It's the whole list, the complete list of the apostle. For the church and every child of God says, Beside this, giving diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity or love. There it is. The full description of a child of God that's touched by the grace of God, that's empowered by the Holy Spirit. That is the growth process of every believer in the family of God, my friends. And the Lord wants us to understand that, that Christianity, listen, Christianity, the behavior, the behavior, the characteristics, the qualities of our life, that testify not to us, but to the grace of God. Amen? To the grace of God. I look at that list. I don't know about you, but I look at that list. And I can remember a time in my life when I was anything but. I can remember a time in my life where, really and truly, 
None of those things mattered to me whatsoever. Didn't care about godliness. Didn't care about being patient. Didn't care about knowledge. Didn't care about brotherly kindness. Didn't care about love. All I cared about was me. Amen. And what suited me. What I wanted to do. My life was very absent of any of those things that were on that list. And by the way, that is an opposite list of the world. The world is simply not interested in any part of that list they may claim to be. <laughs> That's another sermon. But the world is not interested in godliness. The world is not interested in brotherly kindness. The world is not interested in any of those qualities. It is the life of those who have been touched and saved by the very grace of God. Never be ashamed, especially to young people. Let me say this to you. Never be ashamed that you're different by the grace of God. Never apologize because you're different by the grace of God. It's God's grace, it's God's glory that changed you, that called you, that saved you, that changed your life. Amen? Give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have a confession to make. When the Lord first saved me, I was fairly young. I struggled, Eric, a little bit with being different. I did. But you have to understand, I was so much different from what God's grace saved me into and translated me into, into the life of his dear son. Amen. Whew, that took a little adjusting. Amen. That took a little time. I didn't know how to be different. I didn't know how to look different. I didn't know how to talk different. I didn't know how to walk different. Amen. And it took a little while. You remember when you first started publicly praying, you know, you, you do publicly pray, don't you? You know, and you, 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 you know, come time to ask the blessing, you know, you're out to eat somewhere and you, let us pray. <laughs> it took me a little while to say, let us pray. Amen? You see, that's adding two. That's part of the process. God understands that. God understands that. That's part of the adding two. Amen? To God's glory. To God's grace. Look at verse 8 with me for just a moment. We're much different for a reason, church. We're much reason different for a reason. The Bible says, for if these things, listen... If these things be in you, and they ought to be if you're a child of God, and they abound in you, they're growing in you, amen, you come to a wonderful thing. The Bible says they make you that you shall be neither barren nor unfruitful. Whew. <laughs> in the most important knowledge you can have, I'm not here to cast a shadow upon education, public education, or homeschooling, or Christian school. I'm not against any of that. 
But the greatest knowledge and the greatest training, the greatest understanding, the area, the one area that we must be most fruitful in is the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I've been associated with the church for many years. I've been associated and connected and fellowshiped with dear saints of God. I'm thankful for it. I've sat down with people. I've served with people. Greg, that had a, a deep knowledge of who Jesus is. Chuck, brothers and sisters that knew, knew who Jesus is. Not imagined who he is, not hoped who he is, but knew who he is. And it was because of that knowledge, it was because of that understanding of who Jesus is that molded and shaped who they were, who they became. You didn't have to question their integrity. You didn't have to question their character because the list, the list that the apostle gave was evident always in their life. For example, perhaps this will ring a bell, but a lot of times when a dear saint passes on, and they leave this world, and they go home to glory, amen? A lot of times when they've lived life the right way, when their life was filled with, with these things, when their life was filled with these qualities in this list, I've heard folks just in the funeral home, just in talking, say, oh, if ever there's a soul in heaven. You, you've heard that. Some of you shaking your head. You've heard that, right? If, if anybody had a chance for heaven, Amen? Right? Why would you say that? Because you knew them, right? You knew them. You knew them well. You had dealings with them. You had association with them. You'd been around them many years. You had watched their life. You had watched and witnessed how they lived. Uh, and that was the one thing that you could think to say. That was a testimony. Testimony to their life, to their life. In other words, their life had all the evidence of the grace of God. Amen? Wasn't them, wasn't the church, wasn't even good preaching. It was the grace of God daily adding to their life those necessary qualities, those necessary qualities to name the name of God. Now, I'm, going, I'm about done, but I want you to stay with me real close. Listen, 
because the apostle nails something here that is really important. The last thing the heavenly father the last thing the creator who in his foreknowledge knew before the world ever began the last thing God wants are you listening? is for his church and for his people to be a laughing stock unto the world. Amen? To be a mockery. You name the name of Christ. You name the name of the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. You attach and associate yourself to God Almighty. You cannot be out in the world living like a devil and expect God to smile upon you. Jesus died on an old rugged cross, shed his blood, mocked, humiliated, spit upon for you to live like you want to live. He went through all of that so you could be the same old sinner. He suffered all that he suffered so that you would never be set free. Come on now. The apostle makes perfectly clear, if you notice, listen, he describes such a life in verse 9 when he says, But he that lacketh these things is blind. He that's not interested in these qualities, he that could care less and cast them away. The Bible says he's blind, cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten the most important thing, that he was purged from his old sins. Listen. The apostle says, and, and, and here's the nail, if you will. The apostle says something all the way back up into verse 3, and I didn't read this, but I've read it many times until you're hearing before. But I want to share it with you once again in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. He says, according as his divine power. <laughs> what? According as his divine power. That's talking about God. His power. His endless power. The Bible says, according as his divine power hath given unto us the church, the redeemed, the child of God, his divine power has graciously given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Don't tell me you can't live. Don't try to tell me and convince me we have the power. That gracious hymn, I love that song, we have the power. The grace of God has given us the power, amen, to continue to add to our lives the qualities of a child of God so that we're bringing great glory unto the very God that saved us. 
He says, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and to virtue. You see, those are the evidence, those qualities are the proof that makes our calling and our election sure. Amen? That makes our calling and election sure. Now listen, and I'm done. There's times when those qualities are not as, as, not as powerful in my life as I wish they were. Amen? We all go through those moments. We all go through those times. And this old flesh continues to war against us. Amen? When the Lord saved me, shucks, I had people in my own family that said, boy, that won't last. That won't last. He'd be right back at the same old Trent. You wait and see. Just a matter of time. My own family. What they didn't know and understand that there was a power now in my life that could not be denied. There was a power in my life by the grace of God that was determined to give to me everything I needed to life and godliness. There was a power in my life to turn me from a drunkard and a drug addict to a preacher. That's him. That's him. That's to his glory. Amen? I wished it was perfected, and one day, Peter, it's going to be perfected in the glories of heaven. Amen? I wished it was greater than it even is. Amen? Sometimes I get so mad and frustrated in myself, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Because in the end, church, and I'm going to finish with this, the apostle says what we all want, right? Listen to this. He says in verse 10, Wherefore the brethren, rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Right? Isn't that what we want? I mean, in the end, we just don't want to fall. And then he says in verse 11, the very thing we desire the most. For so an inheritance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Isn't that what we want? Amen. If I polled most people, most people would say, yeah, I want to go to heaven. I'd like to know I'm going to heaven. I'd like to be sure I'm... When, when this old life is over, I'm going to heaven. <laughs> well, the, apostles, the apostle warns you. The word of God warns you. You better make sure. It's your responsibility to make sure. Amen. You're not going to get to the great white throne judgment one day and say, well, the preacher. Um, you're not going to get there and say, well, my wife, my husband. My mom and dad, how I was raised, the neighborhood I lived in. Nope, not going to get by with any of that. 
The Word of God stands clear. It's your responsibility to make sure. Simply, I make no apology. I make no apology as a preacher to preach to a church that I love because the last thing I want for any of you is to fall in the end. Amen? To fall in the end when it matters the most. While every head's bowed and every eye's closed and they come and prepare to sing our invitation for us. Every head bowed and every eye closed and those that may be joining us by social media. I pray that you know that your calling and your election is sure. That it's more than just a one-time moment. That it's more than just a time when you knelt down with a preacher or with mama or with grandma or whoever you knelt down with. I hope and pray that you know that by life experience, the grace of God has changed you and made a new creature out of you. And that the qualities that only God can add have been added to your life over time. Over time. For the apostle says, if these things be in you, you shall never fall. I pray that you never fall and that your calling and election are sure. As we stand to our feet, we prepare for invitation. If you're uncertain, if you're uncertain, we pray with you this morning. Anything in the world we could do to be a help. Listen, God loves you. God wants a relationship with you. God longs for a relationship with you. God wants to live with you and be a part of your life every day. We invite you to come to this old-fashioned altar. Whatever the need might be, altar's open as they sing.